Hello, hello, hello. Hello, my darlings. Oh my goodness. I am so happy to be sitting down right now, to finally be sitting down and pressing record and talking to you guys. It's been weeks since we last chatted and I caught you up on what was going on. Um, A lot has happened since then. It was not my intention to go this long without recording. Um, I honestly planned on um, recording the, the next week. And then just my weeks got away from me. My days got away from me. We've been just really busy here on the farm, preparing for the fall garden, preparing for breeding season. Um, working on the apothecary business. Um, it's just been a lot going on, but all really good stuff. Um, so I really want to catch you guys up. And then I finally want to share with you what I have been doing um, as far as diet and exercise, um, why I've been really focusing on diet and exercise, Um And um, yeah, and just all of that that I have been promising, I would share with you that kind of 90 day um, challenge that I was doing, um, still doing. So I can't wait to finally uh, share all of that with you guys today. So let's dive in a little catch up. Well, right now it is Thursday morning. And um, I've already had a little hectic, busy morning. Um, It's about a quarter till 10. And um, we are officially in breeding season here on the farm with our goats. So we have three of our goats, Ethel, Big Mama, and a niece, Big Mama's daughter. So it's um, stepsisters, or not stepsisters, that's silly, (laughs) half-sisters, And um, a mom of the half-sisters, right? So it's a whole little family. And they're over in the second goat paddock now with our new stud, Big Papa. He is so sweet and so precious. And the girls really, really like him. Um, So they've been together now since Saturday. So um, about four or five days. And they're really just getting to know each other. Um, and I can tell he's definitely getting more comfortable. Um, this morning they were playing a lot, um, but having the, my milking mamas separated, I have, it's changed up the way that morning chores go. And so, um, it takes a little bit more effort, a little bit more work. I have to go milk, um, mama and Ethel, they, once they are pregnant, we will start, um, drying them off. Um, so they have some months without milking before they give birth. But, uh, my other two girls that just gave birth this last, um, January, they are still in the mango house, um, with their kids. So I have to kind of go handle the two over in the other paddock first that are, um, with the stud and then come back to the main house and milk those two. It was definitely, animals are so funny how, um, 
change is very upsetting to them for the most part. Um, but they settle in pretty quickly and realize like, okay, this is the new normal. Um, and they learn their routines and, um, and then they'll be all flustered when (laughs) in four weeks from now, three, four weeks from now, when we move them back. Um, but yeah, so that is happening right now on the farm. So that's made mornings a little more hectic, but just like they're settling into the routine, I'm settling into the routine. Um, and then after I was done with morning chores and milk and the girls, I had to load up the mama cats and bring them to the vet to finally be spayed. It's been a long time coming. Um, I was actually, I've been looking forward to this day for (laughs) like months now, um, because they're just so hormonal all the time as they go in and out of heat. And one second, they're like super lovey-dovey on the other cats or the dogs. And then two seconds later, they're smacking them in the face and growling and hissing. They're just all over the place. (laughs) So I'm hoping that by spaying them, it will calm down those large hormonal shifts. And they'll be just a bit more calm and um, sweet (laughs) and not so um, bitchy. (laughs) from time to time or a lot of the time but the kittens are so big now so out of the six kittens that we had uh, four of them got adopted to wonderful homes it was such a sweet experience to see them each go to their home and what name they got and it was that was a lot of fun Um, but we kept um, two of the boys we kept the black boy whose name is Benny I might have told you all this already. Um, And we kept one of the little gray striped ones um, that had the little white feet. We had big socks and little socks. We kept little socks. Um, And so those two boys are right here in front of me on my yoga mat. I had rolled out my yoga mat um, before sitting down and hitting record to just kind of ground in and center myself to talk with you guys and um, now they're enjoying my yoga mat, um, and Bea Luna's down there with them, and she keeps getting annoyed with them because they keep <laughs> touching her. She's like, why are you touching me? Um, so that's what's happening right now. As much as I was looking forward to having them um, spayed, I was a little sad to bring them this morning, a little sad to separate them um, from the kittens, just... Um, curious as how it'll all play back uh, or play out when they come back later today. Um, I know they'll have to be separated um, from each other and from the kittens for a while. Um, But the kittens just started going outside and they've really been enjoying it. I'm sure they'd much rather be outside than in here. They're laying on my yoga mat in the sun Um, And the one little spot on the yoga mat that has the sun streaming in on it. So I know that they'd really prefer to be out there. But I felt more comfortable having them outside with the big male cats because the moms were with them. And the moms were doing such a, um, a good job at just kind of keeping them contained and making sure they weren't wandering off too far. And kind of um, keeping the other cats away from them. Not that I'm afraid that anything will happen. um, That the other cats will do anything to them. 
Um, I think I just really enjoyed watching the mamas be mamas and just seeing the instincts of how they protect their young. It's really sweet. Um, if you can hear that, like, pounding or knocking noise, that is Bayaluna scratching. She's had some really bad itchy skin and I gave her an oatmeal bath and I've been putting um, apple cider vinegar on it because it's supposed to really help calm it and soothe it Um, and it does help but she just flares up and I feel really bad. I'm trying to figure out the best way to um, help her not be so itchy Um, but there she goes. She's left the room now and it's just the kittens and me um and yeah, life's been really sweet. We've it's nice to have some growth again on the farm. Um we were looking for a very specific stud and it took us a while to find him. Um but I feel so grateful that we did. So breeding season is quite a bit later than we've done in the past. Um so instead of like Christmas babies or New Year's babies like we've had the last few years, um we're going to have more like Cesar's birthday babies, <laughs> so like end of January, beginning of February, um, which will be just fine. Um, we just don't have an excuse of why we can't go anywhere for the holidays. <laughs> We've always been like, no, we have to be home. You know, the goats could have kitten or could have kids at any time. Um, so <laughs> we don't have that excuse this year, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) it's funny. Um, yeah. So what else has been going on? Um, a lot of work, um, aside from the farm we've started, um, or aside from the animals on the farm, we've started, um, preparing for the fall garden. So we have, um, started, I don't know, hundreds of seeds, I think I started um, like 70-something tomato starts, and I started all of our brassicas, so our broccoli and our cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and cabbages and kale and um, a bunch of flowers, a bunch of calendula, um, a bunch of other herbs, and um, yeah, just really preparing for the fall garden. It's getting close to that time. Um, We typically plant the fall garden around the fall equinox. Um, These kittens are getting wild, (laughs) y'all. They're getting real wild. Um, So yeah, excited um, for the fall garden. That's definitely my favorite growing season. It's our um, major growing season here in Central Florida. That's when we grow all of our tomatoes to put up for the year for sauce Um, and we just grow our bulk majority of our food, um, in the fall. So it's a fun growing season. It's my favorite growing season and, um, I'm looking forward to it yet again. Um, I'm so funny whenever I plant seeds, I'm always somehow convinced that they're not gonna sprout, that it's just, it's not gonna work this time. None of my seeds are gonna sprout And it's always like a 24-hour mark to when I go out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're still not sprouted. Obviously, nothing's, they're not working. We're not going to have any tomatoes this year. 
And then within 24 hours, they all just pop up and say hello. And I'm like, how do I do this every time? Every time. I don't believe it's going to work. And every time it works because nature is perfect and beautiful and magical. And uh, she knows what she's doing. So I am really looking forward Um, We've really upped our um, compost game and our soil game, so I'm excited to see how everything grows this year with what we've been working on. Um, It's just, mm, gardening is, it's literally, I think, at the very, very top of my list of absolute favorite things um, that I do. So I love it so much. It's definitely a form of worship for me. Um, being that close to Mother Earth um, makes me feel so connected to God. So I love it. Um, but let's get into what I've been working on because um, a few people have reached out to me. I don't know if um, those people listen to the pod or not, but I know that there's been some questions Um, So I do want to share, I'm far enough into this journey now, I totally plan on sharing much sooner um, than this, but I'm far enough into this journey now that I've learned a lot um, and realized that my expectations going into it were um, a bit, um, (laughs) uh, how do I say, a bit naive, Um, and not naive, but almost just like, um, unrealistic, I guess. Um, I could say I, I should know better. Um, but I, uh, I didn't. Okay. So it all started with this thought of, I wonder how drastically we could change our bodies in 90 days. Because I've gotten to a place in my healing journey where it's time to start bringing in controlled stress. So what I mean by this is when we are in a place of real imbalance in the body, especially when we're looking at a hormonal imbalance, um, if we're looking at blood sugar dysregulation, gut dysbiosis, things like this, we need to really be in a state of rest in that real parasympathetic rest and digest nervous state in order to really bring our body back into balance. Um, Stress in and of itself is very um, inflammatory to the body. It, you know, when when we're put under extreme stress, we release cortisol, which then in turn throws off our blood sugar And that in turn throws off our hormones and it's this cascade of problems that arise due to being in a heightened state of stress. And so when I was healing and when I work with clients that are healing, it's very important to keep them and it was important for me to stay in a very calm state and very low stress on the body. And that can even mean intense exercise. Um, Stress is stress is stress. Our body doesn't really know the difference between um, the stress of running through a forest for hours because you're being chased by a bear 
opposed to working out, doing like a high intensity hit workout. Our body doesn't know the difference. It's just stress on the body. And like I said, stress means we release cortisol and high levels of cortisol play have a big effect on our health. And so when we're healing hormonal imbalance, it's very important to really stay in that rest and digest. So long walks, um, you know, yoga, maybe some light weightlifting, but nothing real extreme. However, I'm now at a place in my healing journey where my hormones are in balance and my blood sugar is not 100% where I want it, but it's the best it's been in a really long time. And I'm finally at a place where it's time for me to really work on losing some of this weight that I put on. So I like to say that I gained all of this weight when I was living in the toxic mold, but that is not true. I gained a nice chunk during that time. However, the year after my mom passed or the year my mom passed away, I put on quite a bit more weight. And so I'm really at a place where it's time for me to get this um, excess fat off of my body. It's not good for me. I don't feel comfortable in my body. I don't feel um, as mobile as I am, like my range of motion has gone. I just, I feel a bit older when I'm like squatting down and picking things up and just moving about in my body. I um, can really feel a difference in just in myself now to just how I was a couple years ago. And so it's come to the point where I said, okay, I'm really ready to, um, to let go of this and to work really hard and to get strong in my body and to build muscle again. Before COVID, I used to weight train at the gym um, like three, four days a week before we moved out here. And when COVID, you know, happened, um, that gym went um, out, like me going to the gym went out the building or went out the window um, as most people, but I never picked it back up because then we ended up moving out here and I'm so far removed from anything where, you know, like a gym is like, I think the closest gym. Well, I know that there's some like little independent things, but like uh, anytime fitness, which is where I was working out before the closest one is um, like 35, 40 minutes from here. So not horrible, um, especially <laughs> compared to where I am driving to work out now, which is like 28, 30 minutes. Um, but I was just, I was like, oh, I'll make a little workout area here, which I do have, but I was never really using it. And then I was really going through that healing journey of just letting my body rest. Um, and so I haven't worked out um, really, you know, really lifting weights and I love lifting weights. Um, and it's so beneficial to hormonal health, um, having more muscle on the body, our muscles act like suitcases for glucose. So it's really supportive in balancing our blood sugar, which then in turn balances our hormones. So weightlifting is a really important part, in my opinion, of healing hormonal imbalance, but it has to be done right where you're not putting the body through too much stress or where you've really worked on healing, so then now you're able to start putting your body through some controlled stress, which is like where I'm at. Um, so I have a girlfriend out here who studied kinesiology in uh, college, 
and she trains people, um, typically in the realm of volleyball. She used to be a professional volleyball player. Um, and she's just amazing at helping you get strong in the body, but in a way that really allows you to age well. Um, she's also a gardener, so she understands she's a gardener and a farmer, so she understands um, the type of work um, that we do here on the farm and how to make my body strong in a way that allows me to lift and carry and do the heavy things that need to be done when Susser's not around, but also in a way that's going to make sure I don't injure myself. Um, so she works a lot on stabilizers and the strength of ligaments and joints and um, a lot of um, calisthenics and things like that. Um, so I was talking with her and I was like, this is what I'm wanting to do. You know, would you be willing to help me out with this? And she was like, absolutely, of course. Um, and so she has been with, or I have been going to her farm um, three days a week. She has a little gym set up there and she works me out so intensely. I apologize for Quincy barking in the background. Um, but she works me out so intensely. I don't think I've ever worked out this hard. So I started, I'm now officially in week nine. So I started nine weeks ago. Um, that was the main thing. I want to be working out. I want to be building muscle, um, a minimum of three days a week. So that's what I do on my off. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday on my off days. I'm walking, I'm doing yoga. Um, and I do the infrared sauna blanket, um, for detox and just sweating. You burn calories that way, but it's also just such an intense detox. It's also really good at um, repairing because it's infrared. So it's going to be help assisting in repairing the muscles um, from the workouts. And I do uh, castor oil packs typically on either my uterus or my liver while I'm in the sauna blanket just to take it a step further. So that's what's happening on like Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Sunday, I just work the farmer's market and that in and of itself is exhausting. <laughs> Between unloading the car, setting everything up, then lo- then breaking everything down, then loading the car back up, um, it's a lot of work. So <clears throat> um, that keeps me moving on Sundays. Um, aside from the workouts, we completely cut out alcohol and sugar. So if you've been hanging out with me um, this year with the podcast, you probably know my goal in the beginning of the year was to completely give up alcohol this year. Um, this is really the year for me of just looking at my vices, addressing them, figuring out why they are what they are, um, how they got, how I got this way. And then, um, for me, I found that by understanding, um, the way why I am doing what I'm doing, it helps me be able to let go of that pattern. So um, alcohol is still definitely one where, you know, at the beginning of the year, I said, oh, I'm, I'm not going to drink at all this year. And then um, I drank a few times and I was like, well, I'm just not going to drink as a coping mechanism, but a celebration, it's fine. 
And then I realized that it became, it went back to, it wasn't just celebration anymore. It got back to coping. And I was like, well, this is the whole reason of why I said no alcohol. So I went back to no alcohol. Um, Plus it's just, for me, it really spikes my blood sugar. I just, I I'm so sensitive to it now. Um, I can feel such a difference in my body. I don't sleep as well. Um, so I've really given up the, um, the daily or, um, you know, a couple of times a week, a glass of wine or a cocktail. I just can't do it, um, right now. Um, and so if, you know, if I'll, if I will do it again, I don't know, but for now, so it's been nine weeks, no alcohol, um, the sugar we have broken. So Cesar is doing a lot of this with me. Um, he is not doing the training in the mornings cause he goes to work. Um, but he has such a busy schedule. It's hard for him to have time, um, to fit in a training like that, but he is doing something a little different. That's more geared towards men, um, with his intermittent fasting. Um, but he's seeing really good results. Um, but he's also doing no alcohol, no sugar. Um, we did cheat twice. We've had like a piece of cake, I think, and like a cookie or something. At one point, I knew exactly what dessert I had that I had twice, but I don't remember now. <laughs> um, but we haven't had anything in a while. It was like, I think like week Four, we had a little something and I think like week six we had a little something um, but we haven't had anything we also said no eating out we've also broken that twice maybe three times I think three times we have eaten out three times um, but that's it I've been really good at preparing um, all of our meals breakfast lunch dinner every single day sending Cesar to work with his food, making sure he has really good quality food and a lot of it because he stops eating at three. So he um, has been eating from the time he wakes up. He eats breakfast really early, like 5 a.m. before he heads out the door. And then he brings a big lunchbox with food for the rest of the day because he normally isn't home until after three. Um, And he finishes his eating by three o'clock. And then he fasts all night until the morning and he's down like 20 pounds. Um, I'm not big on scales. Um, I don't, we don't keep a scale. I don't ever really get on scales unless maybe I like go to the doctor or something. And so, um, I knew my weight from the last time I was at the doctor. Um, and like two weeks ago, maybe we were at my sister's house and, um, he got on her scale and was like, oh my gosh, look, I'm down 20 pounds. Like I had no idea. Like, I don't even believe this. Like that's crazy. And I could tell he's lost so much, um, just like inflammation, but all around his face and his neck and his arms, his like wrists, his legs, his ankles, like he's really, Um, You can really see the weight loss there. His stomach area, as well as my stomach area, um, are still um, a bit there. (laughs) 
Um, but I too have seen a lot of weight loss and, um, or a lot of inflammation go down and a lot of, I just am a lot skinnier and my face, my neck, my arms, my legs. Um, I think our bellies will kind of be the last to go. Um, as that can definitely happen in a lot of cases. Um, but a lot of situations for different reasons, we typically put fat around our vital organs as protection. So our body has to feel really safe. Um, and really believe that we're going to stay on course in order to um, let go of that fat. Um, so um, what was I saying? Yeah, so he got on the scale. He was so excited to be down 20 pounds. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should get on the scale, which was such a dumb idea because here's the thing. I am building muscle and muscle weighs more than fat. And for me, I really don't care what the scale says. I really don't. To me, what I care about is how I feel, what I look like and how my clothes fit. Um, and so it was such a dumb idea, but I got on the scale and I was so deflated because the number was exact, pretty much exactly the same so I was like, oh, but Cesar was immediately like, but babe, you're building so much muscle. Like you're totally recompose, uh, your, uh, recomposition of your body is, you know, like you can see it. Just look at the photos, look at the videos. Um, and it's true. It is 100% true, but I was just bummed out (laughs) to see the number on the scale. So I mentioned my expectations. So I think I thought if I am so strict and I'm not having sugar, I'm not having alcohol and I'm working out and I'm doing all these things that, that it's just going to like melt off me like that, right? Um, years ago, come to find out now that I've been thinking about this, it was freaking 10 years ago. I don't know how time goes so fast, but... Um, Cesar and I one year gave up alcohol and sugar for Lent. So 40 days, no alcohol, no sugar. And that was the only change. I wasn't working out really that much or anything different. Um, I was still eating carbs and pasta and whatever, you know, like white carbs, um, um, pasta, like those fast carbs. Um, and I lost, I think 15 pounds in those 40 days and Cesar lost like 28 pounds. And that was the only change we made. So I was like, well, if I take out alcohol, sugar, and I'm working out super hard and I'm eating super healthy, then I'm bound to lose all this weight so quickly. But here's the thing, y'all. That was 10 years ago. Gigi body at 28. Anybody's body (laughs) at 28. Is going to react differently than their body at 38. And that is unfortunately true. So it definitely becomes harder to lose weight the older you get. Um, And I can see that and feel that for sure in my body. Um, So I think I was really, like I said, my expectations were just a little unrealistic. And I felt super deflated at first being like, why am I not seeing these drastic changes so quickly? Um, and then it's so funny because sometimes I feel like I have all the right things to say and I know all the knowledge and all the information whenever I'm sitting down with a client. 
But whenever I'm just talking to myself, I'm like a child. (laughs) So if a client had said that to me, I would be like, well, honey, like you didn't gain all this weight in two months. So why do you think you're going to lose this weight in two months? Um, And that's so true. It's one. It's so true. Um, But I will tell you what. My girlfriend, Jessica, she works me out so hard. Some days I just want to cry in the middle of my workout because <laughs> it's so intense. And I will, <laughs> and I always am like, if I'm not 20 pounds thinner when I leave here today, <laughs> this is bullshit. Oh, but it's so good. It's so good to do something painful, to choose pain, to do hard things every day. Because you know what? Life is painful and life requires us to do hard things that we don't want to do, but we have to do it anyway. And when we choose to put ourselves in these really painful, hard situations, when we do that by choice, it makes us more capable to handle the situations that come at us that we're not choosing that are hard and painful. And I think, I know personally, I've avoided hard and painful things for most of my life, which is why I get so emotionally overwhelmed whenever I am thrown into them without choice. And I could go out there and say, I'm not the only one. I think as a society, we've gotten really used to having a very cushioned life. You know, we don't have to go out and hunt and kill our food in order to eat and feed our family. We can just jump in the car and run up and we don't even have to get out of the car. We can just go through a drive through and have food. Like we've really lost, um, our, we've really lost something in our in our in the structure of our bodies by being in painful difficult situations regularly. And so I've seen a huge difference in my ability to handle um fires in my business as they come or situations on the farm as they come that um before might have um worn me down or made me go oh you know like it might have been a big deal where now I'm much easier uh, I don't say much but I'm finding that it's easier to handle those situations because I'm regularly daily putting myself in a hard um and painful situation it's really interesting I've been reading actually a lot about dopamine and how um, how this works and how choosing pain, um, putting ourselves in a dopamine deficiency helps us come back to a homeostasis with dopamine. Because as a society, we are really always um, looking for more dopamine. And so we're typically kind of above um, the norm of dopamine. And then when we go and have that alcoholic beverage or we smoke a cigarette or we have our coffee or we, um, you know, binge watch a TV show, then we're put even higher on the dopamine scale and what goes up has to come down, right? So then we drop to this dopamine deficiency and we feel super uncomfortable because in our day-to-day life, we're used to being above our need, our necessity of dopamine. Um, 
it's just, it's all very interesting how it works and how we've really, um, we haven't, our bodies haven't evolved, um, to the way that, um, to fit with the way that our lifestyle has evolved. Right. And, um, and a big part of why I'm out here on the farm is to get back to the natural, um, way of living to get closer to the way our ancestors live. Do I want to have to run out into the forest and hunt and kill my food every time we eat? No, but, but am I gardening and working on growing my own food? And that means bending down and pulling weeds and, and carrying, um, you know, wheelbarrows of compost from here to there and mulch and, you know, the work that goes into growing your food is hard work. And so that's another area um, that just allows you to get closer to the natural rhythm of life, right? And to um, really put ourselves in that dopamine deficiency so that when we do have that wonderful, delicious meal... Or we do get to sit and talk with an old friend or go watch a movie or do something that elevates our dopamine that we um, get to enjoy that slight rise in dopamine that is really just our baseline, um, but seems um, like it's something extra special because we've put ourselves in a dopamine deficiency, which is how our ancestors, that was their constant state. They were always exhausted and, or they were fighting a war or they were, you know, um, moving across the country, um, by horse and they were, you know, just working really hard, building their own shelter, um, whatever it was, they were constantly in a state of dopamine deficiency. And so when they got to have story time around the fire or they got to have a home cooked meal, that was their, that was a beautiful um, dopamine buzz that they got to enjoy um, just by having their needs met. Um, so yeah, we've really evolved, um, as a society so quickly and our bodies haven't been able to really catch up. Um, and so I really, if you're, if any of this interests you, sorry, I'm not doing, um, the best at explaining it. I didn't really plan on talking about dopamine today, but there is a book called dopamine nation, I believe is, um, is what it's entitled. And, um, it really goes into all the details about dopamine and about us as a society, um, so it's all, uh, like I said, I find it very interesting. Um, so definitely go check it out if you want to learn more about it. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. So, um, did I hope to, you know, be down, um, you know, like 20 pounds, 30 pounds at this stage? Of course, was I hoping to, you know, um, be down, you know, down a few sizes, um, yeah, I was, but I'm not, and that's okay because I know that change is happening. I can see it. Um, we, uh, my girlfriend records me working out pretty much every day. So I have all these videos 
Um, I've also been just taking photos, um, progress photos of myself, and I can see the difference in my body. My clothes are fitting me different. Um, my mobility is coming back, my strength, um, just the way I look um, in the mirror, I can really tell a difference. And I know um, that I just have to keep with it. And my when 90 days hits, when I get to the end of that 13th week, am I just going to be like, okay, I'm done, no more working out and time to drink all the booze and eat all the sugar? Um, no, <laughs> no, no, no. This is just the beginning Um, I would really like to continue working out like this for the foreseeable future. Um, I really love feeling strong in my body and I want that to carry on throughout, um, my aging, um, through my forties and fifties. And so I definitely, um, want to keep training at this, uh, capacity, um, forever, and as far as diet and exercise, I think that cutting out alcohol and sugar um, from your daily um, diet is very beneficial. <laughs> and that's something I also would like to continue with. Um, I still make Cesar and I little treats. Um, we use maple syrup or honey. Um, we're just really staying away from refined processed sugar. Um, so that's definitely still able to enjoy cookies and cakes and muffins and um, whatever. Um, but by using a different sweetener um, that doesn't spike our blood sugar as high, it's also always best to have your sweet immediately following a balanced meal. That's going to keep your blood sugar from spiking as well. Um, these balanced meals that we're enjoying are protein heavy. Um, with carbohydrates and fats, um, but definitely really trying to feed my muscles well with heavy protein. Um, I'm still struggling with having coffee on an empty stomach. I love running off cortisol as a uh, entrepreneur and business owner and just someone who's really busy. Um, I love waking up, having a cup of coffee and just going, but it is not helpful. It is the opposite of what I need that puts me in that state of stress that I don't want to be in of high cortisol, even though I love it. It is a go, go, go hormone. And I'm a huge fan. I know that it's not going to help me reach my goals. So that's still one that I'm really working on making sure that I'm very well nourished and fed before I have any coffee. Um, Susser yells at me for that probably three to four times a week when I don't do, um, when I don't practice what I preach, um, he's definitely the first one to, uh, stand up and say, dude, you're doing this wrong because <laughs> he knows what my goals are. And I'm very lucky to have someone who, um, is supporting me even with, um, constructive criticism um, when they see that, uh, when he sees that I'm not following through with what I said I wanted to do. So um, that's one I'm still definitely struggling with. But yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I am not intermittent fasting. I, um, as a woman that's trying to conceive, um, keeping healthy hormones, that means being very well nourished, um, and so intermittent fasting is not something that I recommend to any women that are looking to heal hormones um, or conceive. Um, so that's my opinion there. But it is really beneficial for 
um, postmenopausal women as well as men. Um, and I'm always, if, if intermittent fasting is a thing, I always believe in intermittent fasting on the, um, the end of the day. Um, I think that our bodies really need, we need to fuel our bodies in order to function. And we do the majority of our work when the sun is up, right? So, um, really nourishing and feeding ourselves well in the beginning of the day, um, you know, our digestive fire is the strongest when the sun is highest in the sky. So having a nice big lunch and then tapering off um, your meals from there um, is the way that I think is most beneficial with intermittent fasting and just kind of fits most with the natural cycles um, of our body. So that's my opinion with that. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been working on. Um, do I wish I saw better results by now? Of course, but I didn't get this way, um, overnight. And so I'm not going to fix it overnight. And at the end of the day, slow weight loss is always the healthiest and it's the, um, the most realistic in terms of not gaining weight back. So if, um, I've, I, I hope to only do this once now, of course, it'll be different if I'm losing like baby weight, Um, but as far as putting my, putting myself through this, um, with copious consumption of alcohol and, um, junk food after my mom passed away, um, I want to really, I'm really focusing on learning how to cope with hard things in a healthy way. That's a big part of this year's work. And so, um, I don't have a situation again in life where I let myself um, get so controlled by my emotions that I reach for unhealthy coping mechanisms. But we'll see how that goes. It's it's a work. I'm a work in progress, as we all are. And I think the important thing is that we continue to show up and uh, do the work, whatever that looks like. So um, yeah. That's it, y'all. That's what I have for you today. Thank you for being here and letting me share with you. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out. Um, But I love you guys, and I will be back to chat with you again sometime real soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Living Holistic Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, I ask that you please follow, rate, review, and share with anyone else you feel would also enjoy. The Living Holistic Podcast will be back again next week.